suffering. It's not that impressive. But do you have to undermine everything that I do? You are such a player hater. You're a jerk. Wow, nice insult, Hannah Montana. You got any more harsh digs? You know what? You are never a good friend. Even when we were little, you used to steal my toys and pour lemonade on my bed. And now I'm eating your boyfriend. See? At least I'm consistent. Why do you need him? Huh? You could have anybody that you want, Jennifer. So, why Chip? Is it just to tick me off? Or is it because you're just really insecure? I am not insecure, needy. God, that's a joke. How could I ever be insecure? I was the snowflake queen. Yeah, two years ago when you were socially relevant. I am still socially relevant. And when you didn't need laxatives to stay skinny. I am going to eat your soul and shit. I thought you only murder boys. I go both ways. What's going on, everyone? I'm Heath. And I'm Jay. And you're listening to Host of Horrors, show where we discuss and review horror films based off of predetermined themes of the month. Jay! Hey, it's the second week of Women's History Month, y'all. Woo! So, this film that we just watched is honestly, this is going to be very divisive. (laughs) I can already tell you it's going to be very divisive when it comes to, I think, me and Heath. And on top of just me and Heath, it's been divisive in reviews and... I do have my issues, but I think my issues would have been alleviated because, like, okay, so I really think that this movie could have been better done in the way that certain plot details were done. And on top of that, the marketing of this film, I remember it because it came out in 2009. The marketing of this film was way different than what it put out to be and even from yeah even from the posters and whatnot there was a lot of different marketing than what it should have been and i think that only worked to detriment because if i remember correctly i can't remember how much it made in a box office but i think it made i think it was a flop oh no it definitely was a flop uh i am gonna hit you with that uh kfc two-piece if you KFC bad- two piece, yeah, I'm gonna hit you with that KFC two piece. If you keep bad mouthing this movie, because this movie's great, I will agree with the marketing though. They fucked this movie. Like I said last week, I hated this movie as a kid because I was looking for sexy good time, and this is not what this movie is. But you're like a horny teenager. Everyone's a horny teenager. Sure. You weren't a horny teenager. Sure. Be honest. Uh, everyone okay i see it in your face everyone's a horny teenager fuck you (laughs) (laughs) all to hell (laughs) my god no this movie's great it did flop though it definitely flopped because they did market this movie uh solely based off the fact that megan fox is attractive and they kind of pushed it towards 
a male centric um, demographic. However, this is basically like a beautiful little like feminist empowerment movie it's fucking great like it's two best friends in a falling out in a toxic relationship it's i don't know i love this movie it there's a a lot going on and i think the fact that it wasn't marketed properly kind of like fucked up its perception for me but watching it now all of these years later there's a charm there's a certain charm to it and it's kind of like if you don't take it seriously you enjoy it a lot more. I think that's kind of what I'm getting out of it. Well, that's that's Diablo Cody. You can't take Diablo Cody seriously. <laughs> like it's not written to be serious. I don't even think she takes herself seriously. No, no. So it, if you don't know by now, we're reviewing Jennifer's, Jennifer's body, body, written by Diablo Cody and directed by Karen Kusama. And I, f- I'm sorry to this lady, but before like. Maybe a week ago, I didn't know who the director was of this movie. <gasps> Only person that I really like knew from Jennifer's body is Diablo Cody and <laughs> Megan Fox. Like, oh, I, yeah, those those are the only two people who I actually actively remembered from this movie. My baby Amanda, though, baby, they didn't put her in the fucking poster. Well, no, they did not put her in the fucking poster. Which I don't know why, because to me, I find Amanda prettier than Megan. They're both very pretty in their own ways. We don't put women against each other in this house. Okay. Even though they're both really hot. Anyway, <laughs> but... I don't know. I just... I prefer Amanda. She's got, like, a natural prettiness. I don't know. And <laughs> watching this film, you can tell whose career lasted. <laughs> and whose didn't. <laughs> in the first 20 minutes of the film. <laughs> oh god okay. my favorite part oh, was god. watching you see all the people that showed up because you're like oh, okay yeah i remember megan fox supposed to be in this movie oh hey it's amanda Seyfried. I, I, oh that's cool is that chris pratt hold up is that jk simmons with a hook <laughs> yeah no i if you couldn't tell this is my first time watching this film as an adult and <laughs> it i don't remember this film when it first came out like i was a freshman when it came out a freshman in high school when it came out so like of course we were talking about it but we never really like you know did anything about it like watching it wise because it was like i think an r-rated film yeah it was an r-rated film that you know and i was like 14 13 14 so of course, I wasn't be gonna be able to watch it. <laughs> oh, I watched it. Uh, but my my problem was, of course, uh, you're a horny teenager. Well, horny teenager and being cis straight, you all the guys were like, "Yeah, that that movie sucks." Yeah, and you kind of get this preconception in your head, even like as a kid, you're like, "Oh, I didn't enjoy this because it wasn't sexy good time." But like, you couldn't even get like any kind of nuances that the film would have given you because you're already in that mind state of you and your friends going, "Man, this movie sucks." Yeah, so and it it took me it took me finding out that this was my fiance's favorite one of their favorite films. And I was actually trying to get them to be on the show tonight, mm. but they're extremely shy, which is adorable. But, well, needless to say, they love this movie and forced me to watch it, and I had grown a huge appreciation for it. 
sounds like Stockholm syndrome. It kind of is, but <laughs> no, there's I don't know, there's a lot of there's a lot of messages in here cuz like I said it really is basically a toxic relationship, but it's a friendship. And after talking to Nick about the movie, that's really that's a huge like high school thing for young women. And so I was they told me about little things that I just never picked up on ever like ever would have picked up on the whole end of the movie where she rips the locket off and that basically like kills all of Jennifer's powers. I'm like, that's kind of fucking stupid. And then Nick explained it to me. I'm like, well, it's still kind of stupid, but okay, I get it. Honestly, I didn't think it was stupid, but it was also like it kind of shows the bit of love that she had for Needy. But it's like whenever Needy ripped that away from her, oh god, it's giving me the same energy of like I don't know if you watched ATL with Ti, but there's this one scene with uh, Ti and I think Lauren London where like he literally rips <laughs> unceremoniously. I mean, rips the chain off of her that he gave her, and it just gave me that same energy of just like, bitch, you betrayed me. You don't deserve this piece of jewelry. So it was just like it gives me that energy. Yeah. But all in all, like I guess actually going into how I feel about the film, um, at first I was like, okay, this is like giving B movie. <laughs> very, very dated. Well, I mean, okay, it's very <laughs> dated in a way that it's very of its time. Like you but- could it's a two thousand nine movie through and through is a mid-2000s movie through and fucking through but i think like the whole it being dated is like a punchline i mean from the infomercials to the bow flexes to the corny uh uh, all of the slang all the slang i think that's almost a punchline in itself it being dated like that i'm i think maybe because the i like diablo cody i think she's a smart writer so even though like i find this kind of cringe in 2022 it still had a charm for it because like you can tell that this is like obviously the same shit we were ta- saying as a, like when during this time frame so it just feels very it's like a time capsule this movie is like a time capsule of that time at least from the perspective of like you know if you're like some kind of like you know white person who's into like you know emo music and shit during that time where emo and punk music Okay, not much punk, but like you know the alternative music. Oh, uh, it's that it's that indie rock. alternative indie rock was no, very much so in vogue. This soundtrack is bitching. I'm I'm that emo guy that and, <laughs> listens you know, to this shit because like seeing all like the Fallout Boy posters, the Four like, Years Strong, Four Years uh, Strong, Motionless and White, all of that. Those kinds of bands is very um is a very just of its time. You knew the audience they were going for but one thing i did like i said uh earlier i just didn't really care so much about the fact that this was a early attempt at trying to market a like a very female-led horror film but it wasn't really supposed to be a horror film it's like this is gives dark comedy it's a very it's a horror movie well even dark comedies it's the same thing with like hellboy okay hellboy's technically an action superhero movie but it's also a horror movie because it has horror themes yeah, it has horror themes, but it's like is I don't think it's the main focus of it. Like how 
a girl walks her home alone at night, that has a lot of horror themes, but it's, it's mainly more a so a romance that you don't really see the romance until halfway through. And this is the same vein where it's like, it's a horror film, but you don't really get horror elements up until a, a certain point. You get Okay, I lied. You get horror <laughs> elements throughout the film, but there's not a distinct tonal shift up until maybe like you get to the start of the second act of the film. Uh, I, I disagree with that completely. Like, I think it's one tone the entire movie. Oh, I think it though. When it comes to genre, I think there's a genre shift. But when it comes to you're right. When it comes to tone, I think it kind of stays the same. But you can tell where mo- there are moments where it's like it's supposed to be more. Oh, it, it's supposed to be like teen comedy. It's it's wrapped around like horror. Like horror is wrapped around it like a very bloody like you know towel. Yeah, that's it's, in it's a teen comedy com- kind of. It's 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 tongue in cheek. It, it's mm-hmm. kind of like Candyman. Candyman's a horror movie, but it's wrapped around social commentary. Like that's what you get out of Candyman is the message, mm-hmm. the social comment. You get you know cringy comedy, like dark comedy out of this with a little bit of horror. Yeah, and like I said, it's just very of its time, the comedy of it. So it's like, you can, f- this is a very nostalgic film in this kind of era, is what I feel like. Because back when people were like, this first came out, I do think due to like the weird, gross mismanagement of the film, like there's a lot of preconceived notions, like you said, about what this film was going to be. And when you re- actually kind of realize it, there are a lot of different messages a lot of different things going on in this film that you don't really pick up on until you get older yeah because going back to the whole toxic thing that uh, nick was telling me about Mm. um so whenever you think of like gaslighting or toxic uh, toxic relationships or anything like that gaslighting immediately but you you but you always associate especially like even nowadays you always associate that with like uh, the, uh, a partner a sexual partner or a uh, significant other in a relationship it, it's you about never, power yeah but you never equate that to a friendship level and as yeah. like like I said with like Nick was explaining to me this is very representative of what young women go through in high school having a friend dynamic like needy and um uh jennifer because even uh, needy with her name being needy she's not the one that's needy it may seem like at first she is or needs jennifer that's not it she genuinely loves jennifer with all her heart as a friend Jennifer's the one who's insecure and needs needy to kind of be that I hate to say like ugly buffer, but you you know how like you're yeah, the pretty the ugly one. friend. Yeah. Jennifer's yeah, the, she's not really the ugly friend, but she's still the the quote unquote ugly friend. The the nerd versus the cheerleader. Mm-hmm. But like Jennifer's the one that's insecure. Jennifer's the one that needs needy. So that's where the whole locket at the end being ripped off makes sense because that's basically needy uh, cutting all ties and Jennifer finally realizes, oh, I actually just lost my best friend. I lost the one. I lost. Technically, I just got stabbed in the heart. You know, the and whole that's how you kill a demon thing. Yeah. Stab him in the heart. So it kind of makes sense. I still, I don't I know. I don't also love it. But... really think that those kinds of elements were like apparent throughout the film. Mm-hmm. Be with the whole toxic relationship from the beginning with 
<laughs> with the whole thing about them going to the bar to go see the band and kind of like just taking everything out of you know out, like taking everything that need uh, needy's needs out of like the window for just say oh you're just like you you know you're just needy you just need to follow me and well, all of yeah, that and, and it's kind of like uh it, it gives Stockholm Central sometimes where it's like you try to find like the you know you, you find a little bit of love in that chaos. Well there's I mean and, it's even yeah. it's just relationships. I've seen relationships like this. Like the whole thing where Needy's like, okay, I have to wear this because Jennifer says I need to wear mm-hmm. this. You know, I've 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 seen that happen. I've seen that happen. I've seen, you know, where a, a, a woman would go out of her way simply because her quote unquote man would tell her to do this. Oh, or they say they like it. I was like, oh, I like you when you wear this. And try to like kind of coax her into cha- kind of changing the style. I mean, I guess a relevant extreme example is literally everything with Kanye West, Kim Kardashian, and, and I forgot her name, and how like everything's coming out with how manipulative and how controlling Kanye is as a partner. And you're just like, Jesus Christ. But people don't really listen to women like that until is a lot of times it's too late yeah and a lot of the stuff that's going on with this in this case actually you know what let's go into let's go into this film because a lot of what i'm gonna i was about to say can i can really explain more as we talk about the film because i think the big part that goes into everything is the fire and i i Still didn't really understand why the fire happened in the first place. It was so funny, but like I, I don't know if it was like off. a complete accident or was like an <laughs> un like a, kind of an intentional act of defiance and all of that. And it just, I think that whole B plot, I guess, of the everything related to Lower Shoulder and the uh, and the fire and everything that goes from that tragedy, it goes kind of goes into like this whole early like rumor mill early like oh you're kind of profiting off the deaths of a whole bunch of people trying to prop up the rest of your area as like oh my god this city that is trying to rise up from all of this tragedy all of this despair and that was kind of wild to me but we see this happen all the time oh yeah all the time (laughs) like honestly that's until no tea, no shade on my own industry, but that's how the film industry here even got on its feet is because we were basically low-key profiting off the deaths of a whole bunch of people mm-hmm. post-Katrina. And I, I, as much as I hate to say that, it's, it's kind of sort of true. Yeah, it's kind of sort of true. And even when you think about it, like the film industry was doing so good after that tragedy. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as tax uh, credits or tax cuts, you know, left, like the governor said, okay, we can't give them tax cuts mm-hmm. anymore. Cause it's kind of destroying our economy. Mm-hmm. Film industry was like, okay, bet we'll leave. And, and we, that kind of screwed and, us. And it screwed us. And then the only other, and every only other times we've really had any kind of success is either off of the tragedies of others or we were kind of used as like a last resort yeah. or as like, oh, we can't really do it anywhere else but here. And 
I am hoping it gets better. It seems like it might get better. Yeah, I'm it, hoping it gets better. It looks better. like it's getting a little better around here. Yeah, hopefully. Um, um, that fire scene, though, I loved it that- so much. It was so chaotic, so out of nowhere, and everyone was just so nonchalant. I oh, loved it. There's the nonchalant. There's fucking explosions, man. Explosions happening in the background, and the lead singer of Low Shoulder comes out with a drink and is like, damn, that sucks. Drink, hey, drink, drink. you want to get in my van? <laughs> and, like, literally. And, oh, God. Okay, that whole scene was, like, so uncomfortable. Now, the, like, looking at it and just, like, here, over here, and, like, the whole virgin thing. And I, this loud exclamation of me hating the way it's this scene is framed because i i hate like defocus scenes where you have literally like the foreground is literally one of the characters like the character in question that's that's being focused on and then you have the other characters that's being focused on are you talking about when needy overhears the conversation and i thought it was cool i mean it's dated as fuck but i kind of think it's cool it becomes a staple in horror films because that same shit happened in ma (laughs) like and that one's a whole fucking meme so i'm just like oh god but that's it's that's a whole personal nitpick it doesn't really affect my opinion of the film itself is just i just don't like those kinds of shots but that's just me but that part about you know them trying to look for a virgin it already gets creepy because like these guys you know like to prey on young women anyway from the sounds of what's what what i picked up on they want to creep up on women anyway and then ultimately realizing that they're using young women virgins in particular, to basically sacrifice to the fucking devil. Yeah, they they want to be famous. You know, it, it Girl, was what what was his quote? He said something that made me laugh uh, so hard. What was it? It was like, um, oh, either you have to get on a soundtrack. Oh, is that, or, oh, or yeah. yeah, you either have to be on Letterman or get on a, a some su- kind of a, some kind of soundtrack. And none of that's ha- yeah, none of that's happening for us. So you know what. Let's worship Satan. And it's just <laughs> I'm like, like, you know what? Yeah. It's just <laughs> the fact that you took all of these steps and then you got, oh, let's go to fucking Satan out of this. Like, you, out of everything else you could have done <laughs> in 2009. What, and what I love is he printed out the ritual from the internet no. and it worked. No, that shit was funny. <laughs> that shit was funny. I'm like, that at that point, I knew, like, this or film no, is camp. No, the one girl in class that was like, what are you talking about, Needy? They totally saved people at that you Bernie know. building. And Needy's like, what are you talking about? I was fucking there. They didn't do a goddamn thing. Then she comes back and is like, are you serious? Because uh, it's not a rumor. It's on their Wikipedia. I know they did it. <laughs> you know, it adds on to that shit. I was talking about the early rumor mills because of the fact that this is er- <laughs> like still like relatively early internet. Before, you know, this is like back when the iPhones first came out. So people did before. All Fucking of, MySpace was a thing. Yeah, MySpace was still a thing. <laughs> I'm like. Bitch, you could have uploaded your music on MySpace, <laughs> and yet here you are worshiping fucking Satan. Like you went from like, if you want to worship Satan, bitch, you should have gone to a major label. Like, but that's just me. Um, <laughs> but this is it's just like the fact that like all of these it adds on to how dated it is, but it's also timeless in a way that it's like, of course, people who 
read one Wikipedia article and then all of a sudden they know everything about their favorite artist or know everything about a certain moment in history. And you're just like, no, no, baby. People really thought Wikipedia was like a legitimate source back in the day. And it's wild how how many people still... Mm -hmm still just reference the wikipedia pages for any single thing and i'm like baby you anybody can edit that anybody they can put like oh you know fucking star wars dies at the end and like fucking star wars <laughs> dies at the end, end. all of star wars and then, <laughs> like fucking people some people actually <laughs> believe it and like people use that shit to like malicious efforts so it's like I get it. I've seen people do that shit and try to, like, make a whole smear campaign from it. You know what I love about this movie? Now, this just may be a personal thing. I think the actual band that's in the movie, the low shoulder or whatever, I think their music sucks. Absolutely fucking sucks. And it's so jarring, especially when they cut with all that other music. Because I list this whole soundtrack, every song on here I listen to. I, I like this is my music. This is my shit. So especially when you hear, in my opinion, you like good the music. Bad man a lot then. Fuck you. <laughs> so when you hear, in my opinion, good music, and then you go to low shoulder and they suck, but I think that's kind of the point. I think the whole idea is that their music does suck, but because they did the whole Satan worship thing, that's why they became famous. And Honestly, them also riding off the backs of the tragedy that Loki they're a part of. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. It it doesn't come off as they did it, but it also I think they did it. I think they burnt the bar down. Yeah, I I thought it was just a complete accident. It looked like, like a complete accident, but they were way too chill. They're yeah, they were way too calm during the fire. So it was like I feel like that was all a huge PR stunt and then just added on to the fact that they literally tried to sacrifice somebody. And to be famous, like bitch, you were just trying to join the Illuminati. Oh, they and it worked. They yeah, they didn't try. They sacrificed Jennifer. It just they succeeded. They, they didn't realize Jennifer wasn't a virgin, and she became basically like this half demon, half human succubus type thing. Um, Not even gonna lie, I would would not mind being a little succubus, but you have to like cover your tracks. Yeah, like you literally have to cover your tracks and nobody will know who did it. Yeah. So otherwise, it's like that's a lot of effort. It's a lot of effort. It's like and then you have to pick off pick off people and shit. Like having to track people who nobody would give a shit about or miss. Like that's hard now because people miss people people miss people all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's not like back in the day, you know, being a succubus. I think like in the twenties or the thirties, that would have been a Good, honestly, during, good decade to do it. The good decade, honestly, maybe sometimes the 80s, 70s, and 80s, especially during it with the crack, the uh, drug epidemic. Yeah, I don't know. Like the 70s, I feel like too many serial killers were out and about. You're not wrong. I, I, reason I say 20s and 30s, you know, Great Depression. Someone goes missing, uh, maybe he starved to death. Yeah, yeah. But now, um, another thing I love about this movie, absolutely love about this movie. Mm. So. I'm the type of guy that watches horror movies, mm-hmm. and I don't speak out loud, but in my head, I'm going, bitch, why are you going in the woods? Why are you going in the woods? Don't go in the woods. You're going to die. Don't go in that abandoned building. J- just please don't. You're going to die. Done Everything that. that happens in this movie makes sense. 
everything has happened at least three or four different times. And I'm like, because you sit there and you watch like the football guy get lured into the woods because a hot chick is promising sex. You got you got Colin, who is my mortal enemy because my fucking fiance finds him hot. And know what? I can't falter. He kind of hot. Not really. But he's like, okay, like, he, but he's like, not really hot to me, but I think he's probably like, quote unquote, hot in the way where he's like, you can tell that he listens to the Black Parade on repeat, and then he models his whole aesthetic after amalgamation of Pete Wentz and freaking Gerard Way with a little bit of Billy Joe Armstrong. Yeah, I mean, which is like, not bad, but it's like, that's his whole personality. And I feel like some people don't, those are some clothes that I will, I will probably see myself wearing, but at the same time, I'm like, I know I can't pull that off. So therefore, I'm like, he can keep that. It, the, 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 the emo era, the scene era can keep that. I was more of a scene kid anyway. See, that's the problem is like, I was totally into all that shit. I just couldn't pull it off. Like, I'd put it on and just be like, I look gross. I'm just going to put on some pants and a, and a hoodie. <laughs> but, like, e-girls, goth, all that shit. Mm, sexy. Sexy. So I can't fault my fiancé for finding him sexy because, yeah, he kind of hot. I can't even deny it. Oh, my God. Anywho. But it all makes sense. Like, them being lured in by hot girl, it, it makes sense. Because you're like, like Jay said, horny teenagers. <laughs> Um, another thing that I really did like about this film was the framing in which everything happened. Because, you know, when you start the film, you start the film in prison and you're just like, well, okay, not really in prison. It's like you, a psych ward. You you start the film actually starts out with Megan Fox. So you expect you to follow Megan Fox the whole time, but then you see Needy outside just like in the most creepy way, I was like, oh, this is going to be great. So I like the framing of basically like everything. Needy's the basically the narrator of the film. And basically, this is a story about how it's like, it's basically how she got out of an abusive relationship and had to go to jail because of it. And man, I feel for Needy at the end of this because it's like everything that she does, it's basically out of like, it's almost like this, like, cried wolf situation, except she was always right. Like, having to deal with someone who's always, like, wronged you, or, like, someone who's a society has that has wronged you, has, like, basically treated you like shit because, like, you may be different, or because, like, oh, you, you're, like, you, you know, are trying to tell people this, something's going off, something off about this, but you don't believe them until, they don't believe you until it's too late. But at the same time... Then I'm like, bitch, I'll go crazy, too. Yeah, even but... Though Everything's justified. Like, at the same time, though, imagine, like, that that creepy Walmart park, like, Walmart parking lot guy comes up to you and goes, aliens are real, man! You're not gonna believe that, dude! No, but it's also, but like, But then tomorrow, you're... you look on the news and aliens are real. But it's, so... like, if you're... It's different if it's a rando, but if it's, like, your, you know, your boyfriend, your significant other, or, hell, your fucking best friend, you... I feel like you're gonna have to be like, okay, maybe they're crazy, but like I want to support them, or at least you know, but kind of like that, even though they may be wrong. But like, what if what if they're they are wrong? Then you're supporting an unhealthy action. Then they either gonna learn that they're wrong on their own, 
Or once they pr- find out that they're wrong, you tell them, I'm, you know, I know you're wrong, but like, I just going to let you do it because there's a certain point where you just kind of be like, you gotta let, th- you gotta let people learn shit on their own. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm I'm with Chip on this one. Like, if someone came up to me and was like, Satan's- "And now look at Chip. He's fucking dead." You leave Chip out of this. Chip is fucking dead now Poor because Chip. of he because he didn't believe his girlfriend. And now look at him. He's dead. Actually, and no, 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 no. Chip's dead because he like half-ass cheated on his girlfriend. Because he part of it is falling into the trap that is the succubus that is Megan Fox that is Jennifer. On top of the fact that he didn't believe her whenever Jennifer, he was saying that Jennifer's fucking evil. No, he believed her. He Not just really. didn't believe like Satan evil. He should. He should have. <laughs> he should have been like, okay, maybe you're right. He should have said, maybe you're right. I don't know. No, he. I, I feel like. I feel like he could have lived. He could have like because she. She. Uh, needy made it to where they started. Like the where the little. Uh, mm-hmm. Like she could have saved his life. You know. But no, he had to go kissy kiss, face face, suck on uh, Megan Fox. But also, and I'm like, it's no, also dude. the fact that Megan, like he, Jennifer, literally lied, and I, I, I feel like he should have believed his girlfriend more at that time. Oh yeah, but definitely. at that point, but it's also at that point he already already sees a doubt in her and like concern for needy. Because everybody thought she was going fucking crazy, and well, if he everyone was, concerned, was being he shouldn't have cheated on her. I agree. I, I so totally like, fucking here's agree. My I'm problem not, is I'm like, not trying to justify cheating. It's just that it's like I get why it happened, but I don't like it. Here's my pro. I like Chip a lot, but I'm also like, fuck you, dude. You, you don't. You shouldn't have cheated on Needy. Like, I'm, it's weird. Like, I'm like, Chip didn't deserve that, but at the same time, Chip fucking deserved that. He did, I'm not gonna say he deserved it fully, but, like, he shouldn't have gave in as easily as he did. He gave in way too easily to but, what Jennifer was saying because of the fact that he already had a seed of doubt because of him thinking that Colin and Needy were being a thing, and then... Jennifer egging him on with that dials the confidence in his head to be like, oh, I guess we not really like together. I we probably are, but like we're not together together. And then that moment of weakness, bam. Yeah, that and it also Still doesn't condone it, yo. No, well, it also kind of shows with the whole um um needy and Jennifer making out scene, and then like needy freaks the fuck out. It kind of shows that maybe me- uh, Jennifer has like an ability like uh, almost a hypnotic ability to kind of put someone in a trance to basically so, manipulate people and you, I, I can, can kind, i can see that kind of be the the main reason is because because at first i was just like okay yeah they maybe were a little you know in love with each other but then she freaks the fuck out and it's like what are you doing so i kind of think jennifer's got this like powers of 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 manipulation going on there so we kind of throw that in chip's corner Mm -hmm. don't cheat people but i can kind of throw that in chip's corner and you know me being queer it seeing the obvious like queer themes that are in here it i i wasn't really sure what they're gonna do with the whole thing with jen and needy making out and having that whole scene was like is it more so like oh they were really feeling like each other and then you 
the whole thing with parents saying, oh, we can play boyfriend, girlfriend like we used to. So were they like experimenting with each other until they found their respective boyfriends? Or was there like an actual like queer subtext that, you know, could have been there before? Well, and I don't know, maybe with the way that the film was edited, that it could have like it, it possibly could have led to that, especially with that scene, whatever, you know, um, Chip and Needy have sex and she sees all that fucked up shit and Chip is thinking it's him. So I and but well you know she's not it seems like she's not enjoying it even though he thinks he is he, she's enjoying it because like but she's not enjoying she's it not, because it was, she's because seeing chip. fucked up shit not she's, yeah she was saying it because she's fun, saying fucked up shit but not, it's like the miscommunication that's there yeah but I don't that but it was, I don't know I just that's I, what, I, I I just kept up I, I just picked up on on that I guess and I to and, me I think if there is a subtext there it's that Jennifer because Needy's the only one with a boyfriend. Jennifer just keeps going from guy to guy to guy, almost mm-hmm. like using them for pleasure, and that's about it. I mean, I, I think, don't know about for pleasure, for sustenance, yeah. Well, pleasure to begin with, before she's a succubus. Anywho, uh, I think Jen is actually in love with Needy. Like, that's the only one she cares about. That's the whole, you know, separation of the chain, breaking mm. of the friendship, stabbing of the heart. The only heart, the only love that Jennifer has is for Needy. She had a one she, I mean, hell even, of a weird ass way of showing it then. Well, yeah, but, but then again, these are teenage girls. She, I mean, she even said when she came back to life after the whole uh, sacri- uh, sacrificial uh, she came back ritual, to find her way she home. came back to find mm-hmm. Needy. That's all she could remember is needing to find her. So I think if you're going to pick up on a subtext, it's <sighs> Jennifer loves Needy. And that may even have like a connection with the whole. Uh, uh, needy With, being be hey. able to pick up on things that Jennifer's doing, like when she's killing Colin during uh Chip and her sex scene, she sees you know uh Jennifer hovering over the first dead guy, the the linebacker, mm. with blood dripping from the floor. She even touches her lips when uh Jennifer and, and Chip, Chip start, start making out. Mm. So I think the connection there is solely the that needy herself is Jennifer's heart. In, in like a metaphoric way of you know stabbing the heart and the demon, i, I also kind of get the whole context of possibly like have them having like they're like almost like soulmates in a way but yeah. it's like soulmates having to break away due to like stuff that happens and i as much as i will not like to kill my best friend whenever you know they literally turn into a demon like it, it oh if you see like all kind of fucked up shit happening, and you re- you actually realize that you no, know, you know that this you the one you caused it, I'll be fucking tore up about it. Honestly, I honestly would relate to Needy in a multitude of ways. If shit like this happened, and this real fucked up shit happened, then I probably would be Needy in this situation. Not even gonna lie. The thing that's interesting about Needy is other than trying to stop the situation from happening she really doesn't do anything like she knows jennifer's killing people she knows that it's going to happen again and she goes to the dance to stop her but not kill her it literally takes jennifer killing chip before needy's like all right you know what fuck that bitch i'm a killer yeah i think it also that's goes- a friendship right there yeah I- that's what i was about to say it that's the kind of like you know 
like it's kind of like you know that your friend is probably doing bad things but it's like it kind of goes on to like that people gotta learn shit on their own it's like i feel like you can't really let people you can stop people all you want to but if they don't want to do it of their own accord then you know what can you do or or whatnot because as much of a shitty friend that jennifer is being a needy it, it feels like um needy's problem was that she was being a bit passive and then yeah. her passiveness is what caused her all of this to happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say being passive is a bad thing because that's that's halfway me a lot of times, being a passive friend. But it's like, but there's you only... Need to, you need to know when people are stepping on you. Like, that's the thing. Because I'm, I'm also... I know, I'm also passive. But you, you have to... It's It's hard to say it's okay to be passive because I know I am and... I don't like the fact that I'm passive because I know there's quite a few times that in my past I've had people completely overlook an idea that I've had, step over me, use me, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's weird. Like, don't change who you are, but also know who's a good person and who's not a good person. And they, I can, they can call you, their fr- like, call I'm... them your friend, but you have to judge that for yourself yeah and we don't really have any specific ways of navigating these kinds of friendships and and the la- and the fallout from friendships as compared to relationships you can talk about like oh here's what to do whenever someone breaks your heart whenever your relationship goes sour but it's like no one ever talks about what happens whenever your best friend of like so many years you know, basically just betrays you and just, like, realizes that they never really gave a shit about you. Like, no one really knows, like, shit like that. Or, hell, if they die and become the fucking succubus and they're killing people and you can't really do anything about it, but yet you're the only one who can really kill them, per se. Like, what can the, what the fuck can you do? Yeah, and I think that... There's that, no manual for that shit. There's no Wikipedia article for that shit. Yeah, and I think that line of Chip is a little more relevant than you realize because when Jennifer said, or when Needy says that Jennifer is evil, he sits there and goes, yeah, I know. Like, she's always been evil. She's always been mistreating you, Needy. You're the only one who doesn't see that. Needy's only seeing the fucked up shit that's happening now mm. because Jennifer's killing people, not realizing that Jennifer's been a sucky friend this entire time. I think a lot of it is the fact that, well, like I say, when it comes to like you know seeing abuse in friendships, you know the, you see don't really see like the elements of gaslighting and all of that until you know something tangible happens like you and all of the emotional baggage and all of that stuff kind of you know comes after the fact like you don't really see it till after the damage has been done unless you've already been giving those tools to like to basically like you know navigate this kind of shit and honestly nine times out of ten ain't none of us gonna have tools as you know, to navigate having a friend gaslight you into doing something that you don't want to do or think that you're not this enough or, you know, dressing a certain way because, oh, this is my style and you're going to step on my style if you dress that way. Even though, like, that way maybe you fit better on the other person. It's kind of stuff like that. And, fuck. <laughs> this this movie is, does have its moments where it's, like, very relatable. 
But like, I just think that the way that the film just presents it, it has points where you can clearly tell the what Diablo Cody and can you give me the director's name one more time? <laughs> Karen Kusama. Karen Kusama. I'm so sorry. What Karen Kusama and what Diablo Cody were trying to portray in this film, but it feels like it gets muddled by kind of the meh kind of editing and just the pacing of it. See, I don't, I don't know. Like, I like the editing and the pacing. I don't. I I think the pacing of it, it kind of goes wild. I'm not gonna say it goes wild. It's kind of weird because you, it, it kind of just feels like a weird sequence of events until you get to a certain point. So, even when you know the framing of it, how everything was framed as like a um back like a what the fuck is it back flashback there you go oh as okay. as a as the one huge flashback until you get to maybe the last the third act of the film it still just feels like everything is just kind of like all over the place and <laughs> it's also the fact that when it comes to the acting in the very first half you can tell that Amanda Seyfried carried this film. Amanda Seyfried carries this film. See, what's funny is, is you say that, but I hands down think this is Megan Fox's best performance. But, I'll, but I'm also saying it to say that you can tell when it shifts. Like, Amanda Seyfried, bitch, can act no matter what. Yeah, she like, can. She, she's there's a reason why she's the most famous mean girl right now. Um, But we can tell that Megan Fox, when she actually gets you know, a little bit of meat on our bones when it comes to giving her a little bit of meaty role, which they finally gave her. Like, it feels like it finally came to fruition maybe whenever um, that first scene when she came back. Whenever she first came back, that's when I was like, okay, I see what you're trying to do, Megan. But what before that, up until that point, it's just kind of like, it feels like looking, it feels like there is, obvious bits of like bimbofication going on like it feels like she just is the bimbo until a certain point where you can tell that it, i'm not gonna say it's the it's front but it's like that's just part of the whole package that is you know jennifer well yeah it's she's a cliche which is funny because she calls needy a cliche but jennifer is a cli- she's the hot slutty cheerleader that's projection right there yeah so it's hilarious I, I don't know this movie's smart it's smartly written but i mean again it's diablo cody she's right smart i the themes i get i like there's just a fucking slang and all of that high school shit that's the cringe part to me but the funny thing is it's so relatable yeah it's relatable but it's also like i feel like it that's why i feel like it's a nostalgic movie like people can see this from a point of nostalgia and like it better but for me i feel like i would have liked this film better when it came out because of the fact that even though it was very kind of piss poor mismanaged and all of that it still, I was saying shit like that. I was using MySpace, MySpace before it went to shit, and like kind of doing all the same similar stuff, falling in similar circles as like the people like Colin or Chip and whatnot, maybe needy. But now it just feels like it's 
it didn't age as well as I wish it would. But like parts of the social commentary that comes out from this film still ring true to today. Yeah. So it has a good bit of charm in it in his writing. It's just the way that the writing and the dialogue was presented. Not really through the acting, but just through just the words themselves. Through the dialogue. Just itself, the actual yeah. dialogue itself is just mm, it can, it gives me cringe and it, I, and I, it's I just, a me thing. I can't I can't look past it. And see, I think that's like the main reason I can look past it is because I think that's the whole punchline. I literally think this movie being dated as it is because even in two thousand nine, it's pretty freaking dated. Even in two thousand nine, it, it's still like. The Bowflex and infomercials, and that's that's pre two thousand nine. So even that, it's still it was dated when it came out. And you know, even I think with, that's a joke. And also with the Hannah Montana joke, yeah, that I, was extremely dated. I just, I think that's, I think that's part of the charm. I think that's like a whole, the whole joke of it is mm-hmm. that it is dated, and they know it's dated. They know it's going to be dated. So why not roll with it? Yeah. Another aspect I realized for being a shitty friend. Is even though you may have like a little bit of feelings for Colin, like needy, you maybe she we knew she was not gonna act on those feelings, and then the fact that Jennifer used that not only to ask the potential I guess crush out in front of her face, you know, in order to like you know even if she was one, we knew that he was about to uh, get killed, but to use that against Chip too in order to lure Chip in. That is some low down grimy ass shit. Yeah. That is some very low down dirty shit. No, it's also some dirty shit if you really think about it. Colin was using needy just to get to Jennifer. I'll say I could tell that from like ten miles away. I didn't. When I first saw him drop down and he did the whole "Hey, I heard you were in the fiery trenches last night. Glad you're alive." I was like. Oh, they would be cute together. Dump Chip, even though I relate to Chip. Like, Chip was me in high school, hands down. <laughs> but, was it but down I, to the hair, too? It honestly was. Like, no. No, like, not not in high school. My I had that hair when I was in middle school. Because I was, like, trying to grow it out. But also, I had parents that were like, no, boys don't have long hair. So, anyway. Uh, but I finally got a decent haircut in high school. and But, no, I just... The look, personality. I wasn't in band, but I might as well have been. I was just the stoner. Like, take band out, make Chip a stoner. I was Chip in high school. My God. But even then, I was like, needy, dump Chip and go with Colin. Y'all would be so cute together. But then, later on in the movie, you realize, that motherfucker was just using her to get to Jennifer. You grimy bitch. And, like, I'm not gonna say that he was probably, like, using her, using her, like, all the way. But you can tell that there is like a little bit of like, you know, ulterior motives because no one just pops up and just be nice like that unless, you know, some, you know, some tragedies happen. So I was like, at first it just came off as like, oh, he's just being nice because, you know, well, he was like, you know, no, giving low key condolences to the fact and thankfulness to the fact that, you know. Uh, Jennifer and Needy basically survived a horrific event. Well, no, I mean, there's relationship there through the dialogue, because mm-hmm. even Chip's like, I didn't know you hung out with Colin Gray. Oh, well, we have creative writing class. He's really good. Yeah. It's so like, there is a relationship through the dialogue that we get. Yeah. Look, it feels like just that relationship is just as, like, very acqu- like acquaintance. But I think it's the fact that she kind of defended him a little bit. 
like I, th- I think you can tell that she got like a teeny bit defensive whenever it got brought like Colin got brought up. So that kind of that, that kind of att- she yeah. finds him attractive. Like she, it's one of those things where like she's dating Chip, but also Colin's kind of hot, kind of thing. Yeah. So when Jennifer's shitting all over him, you know he's hot. He's a sensitive dude. He's a very good writer. I kind of like him. If I wasn't with Chip, I'd probably you know try to date him, sort of thing. Then Jennifer, your so-called best friend, shitting all over him. Mm. Yeah, I, I get it. Uh, Needy's gonna fucking defend him a little bit. But it's right then and there where he, uh, Jennifer realizes, oh, you like him. He's mine and goes after him. It's and like, you on, bitch. Right? And on top of that, using that dirt, using a little bit of dirt against your so-called best friend to basically have her boyfriend cheat on her. That it was very grimy. Mm. Even though they weren't, like, even, I don't even think they were really, like, you know, they weren't even broken up. They were just, like. And a rough patch. I don't even call it a rough patch. It wasn't. He would. He okay. so at like in in that position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he definitely would have thought they broke up. Yeah, but, but he's also Needy's like he's just like I just want I just want you to live. I I love you, dude. Like mm-hmm. just listen to me for a freaking second. But you know, men. <laughs> Honestly, you know, yes, men. men. <laughs> but that and um, just shit. I'm trying to figure out. There's a lot that I could have said. I think um, it's just there's a like good bit of stuff when it comes to high school dynamics. It was like I I know there was times where I went through this shit in high school and even in like an early college. It was like these some kinds of friendships and relationships just are way too common. And there's what's, a huge power imbalance. What's worse is when you're like straight out of high school and you move like across state and you still have to go through this shit. That's su- you're you're technically an adult and you still got to go through this shit. And even though you yeah technically are an adult, but you're still like eighteen. You still have a high school ass mentality. Like you're gonna go through this kind of shit, and it sucks that you have to go through this kind of shit. But you know, life—that's how life fucking works for some reason. Yeah, like you, you gotta. It's it's a shame, but you you gotta go through all the bullshit to realize you know what's real. Hmm. <laughs> I do. I feel like I'm having a therapy lesson all because of this fucking movie. Well, <laughs> and a lot of it was because it's like there's a lot of things in about this movie that brings up how much trauma we probably would have gone through that without even realizing, it. and mm-hmm. all of the and you're kind of retextualizing all of the interactions you had during that time, like I'm doing right now in my head, and you're just like, huh, and. Me, I feel like I've always been more emotionally in in tune because I think about this shit all the time. I was like, are they really my friend or are they just like, you know, just using me? Like, I've always thought about shit like that because I just feel like I'm so kind of like emotionally just tuned to that kind of shit. And just seeing a lot of my all, like all my friendships, like I'm not all of them, a lot of my old friendships kind of like die out for some reason. But like you get it, comes friends come and go. But like, it just like sometimes you kind of have to stand up for yourself and be like, okay, I guess I have to be, you know, take the narrative and take the control in this, you know, in this narrative and stuff. Or just cut ties and start over. That's what I did. Starting over is harder. When older you get, though. Yeah. Well, luckily I got Nick. Like, honestly, yeah. literally, I found Nick and I was like, you know what? Fuck these people. I, they're not good friends. They're not good people. I'm just gonna start a life with with old Nikki, and, and, and I'll be okay. 
but it's also like you those you it feels good to have a good support system friends that you can talk to that isn't your partner like yeah i like the whole thing about your partner being your best friend but there's sometimes we could just have some friends without your partner that you you can just you know chill with yeah and yeah <laughs> maybe yeah, real and, but be real for a moment you're you're like you're the only friend i've had like true friend i've had in probably three years other than nick and that is fucking crazy it is considering crazy how i thought you were the more of the like you know popular one no i'm so antisocial. like i i would so that's the whole film festivals and stuff like that oh i could i could probably do that so much better but i'm like no i just don't want to speak to people <laughs> but yeah no this this whole just watching movies and chilling and hanging out with you and shit yeah it's dope <laughs> i like it <laughs> I feel like we are having a therapy session. We really are, film. man. I guess Jennifer <laughs> Jennifer's body, man. It's it's good writing. That's that's what you can tell from good writing is even when you can sit there and find flaws with the movie, you can have conversations like this mm-hmm. simply because the situation and the characters are relatable. Good writing. I think it's also just the whole aspect of the teen genre. The teen genre is like talks about stuff like this all the time. And I think Diablo Cody's strength is in like navigating these teen friendships, these teen age like nav like situations. Yeah, definitely the situations because the sex scene between Chip and Needy, my God, too relatable. Oh my, too God. relatable. And it's just like I I get it. Like <laughs> I basically just finished binge watching Euphoria. And <laughs> my God, my perspective on what teenagers are doing right now is was so fucked because of that because of that uh, series. I was like, okay, I need to watch something that's way more grounded, <laughs> way more grounded. Um, okay, I think the last horror aspect thing I like really like about it because I'm not gonna bring up the music because you already have a hard on for the uh, emo music that's been playing. Dude, this music's so good. Oh my God. I really did like the few like there weren't aside from like the fire there was very few kills I mean there it's like all of the people that were killed there were there was reasons for them being killed and except for Ahmed I felt bad for Ahmed because of the fact that he was in the wrong place at the wrong time yeah I he felt was bad the for him only too. one that he was at the wrong place at the wrong time because I was even like because I, I completely forgot about the whole subplot of him dying by Jennifer's hands and when I saw him in the fire I was like man I hate that they introduced him just to kill him off like that that sucks and then you're like oh, Ahmed survived the fire hell yeah oh shit Jennifer's there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and she was hungry hungry so that was oh my god and then bitch tell me this fucking was that cgi was that black shit cgi probably because child i was like baby what the fuck is this oh you're talking about when it starts spiking when it up starts and spiking shit. up and child, i was like what the <laughs> fuck is this i did not understand this carnage that was like spewing out from her vessel i was like girl what the fuck is that like i did not understand it and i did not like it at all you know what i didn't understand but it led to something that i loved 
Why the fuck did Needy get powers? How the fuck did Needy get powers? Oh, it, it, she explained it. If you get bit by a demon and you live, you sometimes you get the chance that to absorb. Like you get, there's like a certain chance that you get to absorb some of the powers, and she just happened to absorb some of the powers. Like I understood that. That's stupid. How? That's stupid. That's bad. That's bad writing. That's just coming up with something to pull out of your ass because you need needy to break out of prison at the end. I mean, maybe, but it also kind of. I can see it happening because, like, we've had this. She did a lot more research than most of us. They probably would do. On she a read a shit. small section in a high school library about the occult. Maybe that's more than what probably she could have done. Not like she had. She was. She could have. She could have brought up the Wikipedia. I'm gonna walk out this door <laughs> right fucking now. But anyway, How anyway, dare you? Anyway, I, I think that part's stupid, but it does lead to a really good end credit scene where she massacres that terrible, shitty little band. And I think I like that a lot because it switches from, you know, a teen horror dark comedy movie to a full-blown revenge movie at the very end. Like, and it, baby... On that, on top of her powers, the fact that she's basically like powerful as fuck and she can uh can float, <laughs> even though she was all like, "Bitch, girl, that bitch is just levitating." Is all right. That shit was funny. That was why you have to undermine everything I do, bitch. No, you're that, just levitating, that was, girl. That was funny, Chip. She can fly. No, she's just she's levitating. levitating. It's it not that all. impressive. I'm like, bitch. <laughs> yeah, she ain't all that. That was funny. But uh, um, yeah, no. What's, what's your final thoughts? I mean, we're we're kind of. We're kind of dirt. Yeah. Uh, you know what, though? At first, I thought it was going to be like, fuck this movie. Give it like a one out of five or some shit. Damn. But talking about it, that was my when I was first coming in because I knew I knew I heard it was bad. But it's not bad. It's just. Oh, it's not. It get, To me, it gets a bad rap. It gets a, yeah, it gets a really bad rap because of the things around it. But like, I relate a lot of things to misogyny anyway, because obviously, like, you know, Hollywood hates women. True. So, it's way better than I was expecting, but, like, I also didn't really have much expectation out of it. Only then, like, the whole, les- like, potential lesbian thing, I was like, okay, whatever. Then, you're finding, like, a lot of, like, story about how someone basically um deals with not only trauma, but, like, that trauma leads to her unpacking trauma from her own life and having to basically navigate um a toxic friendship and the testing the limits of a relationship romantic relationship all against the backdrop of, of like murders and lots of ennui lots of different just high school societal things and it i found myself taking more out of it than i was thinking mostly because we talked about it because if we just watched this and moved on i probably wouldn't have you know, thought about all of the different messages, the themes that this movie has to offer. And now that I'm thinking about it, it's like, okay, this movie is actually pretty damn, it's pretty damn smart. I just hate the fact that it got a bad rap and some of the choices made character-wise were kind of mad too. But, you know, it's not perfect. It's not a perfect film. This film is, is gives it gives camp. Oh yeah, and whenever I think of this is whenever I think of camp, this is kind of like a prime example of what I think. What I think camp, 
Like, this is basically, like, the campiness of what, like, Blood Rage wanted to do with a little bit of, um, euphoria. <laughs> a little bit of euphoria and a little bit of, um, not euphoria, more so, like, high school musical. There you go. Is that, like... <laughs> I, like the vibe, like the outside vibe of high school musical meets like a little bit of Twilight when it comes to like the golf ish aesthetic of it, but just just splashes of just a fucking fun time. It's like watch all of that shit, but it's with like, a fun. It's time. like an episode of Degrassi meets Carrie. Basically, <laughs> it's like Degrassi meets Carrie, and I think I like that. So I'm, I'm just give it a three, like a solid. Three. That's my final answer. Nice, nice. I I like this movie like a lot. I'm not gonna say I love it because I'm on the same boat with you. It's campy, good, fun time. Um, but the more you sit and think about the themes, and the more you like you talk about it, because I'm I'm glad we did talk about it because it seems like you enjoyed it a lot more talking about it than you did when we got done watching it mm-hmm. so i i appreciate that a lot um yeah i i really enjoyed this movie it's a lot of fun and it does not deserve the rap that it's been give, given like this is it's a smartly written well executed funny horror comedy that it perfectly encapsulates uh toxic relationships in an unconventional manner mm-hmm. i really enjoy this movie a lot and i give it a four so our overall would be like a three, what, and, a three half. and a half so yeah um <laughs> that <laughs> this was, was jennifer's body jennifer's body directed by karen kusama who also did eon flux you but the yeah i will say you to eon flux oh bitch we finna fight after this that movie sucked. Oh, I don't give a goddamn. That was one of my favorite uh, movies of that era, bitch. That and Ultraviolet, bitch. Ultraviolet was better. They're both good, goddamn it. No. Anyway, Fuck she did you. the amazing. Oh my god. Nah, she did the amazing The Invitation, which is a phenomenal little horror movie. Mm hmm. Yeah, she directed The Invitation. Girl, I'm gonna need you to do more prestige shit, baby, because I need we need more uh, award shit from you, baby. <laughs> but anywho, next week we are moving on to another horror comedy. This time, a British horror comedy. Oh God! <laughs> oh God! I did not know it's British. I don't know how to feel about that. Do you even know the synopsis? I I saw. I feel like the synopsis is in the poster. Kind of. Yeah. The synopsis is in the poster, but I also have a problem with British cinema. <gasps> well, British media and the fact that, like, their senses of humor are different from ours. I love their sense so, of humor. It's like, so dry. I I can handle dry humor up to a certain extent, but, like, I find myself not really enjoying British cinema like that, but I'll try it. What's, what, what's the synopsis? So, a pregnant widow believes herself to be guided by her unborn child embarks on a homicidal rampage. Basically, it's a pregnant widow and her baby is speaking to her in her head, telling her to kill people. This bitch needs therapy. It's called Prevenge and it is directed by Alice Lowe. Who also stars in it. Ooh, 
wait, did she write it as well? Probably. All right. Yes, the soul writer too. Fuck, I'm gonna like it. <laughs> I can already tell. Passion project. I am a huge sucker for our tour projects. God damn it. <sighs> okay. Okay. I I, I give. I I probably already know what my number one's gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> Based off of that information alone, and I hate that for myself. Uh, no. Oh, no. Oh, my God. It's going to be great. Oh, fuck. So, yeah, if you want to follow along with us, you should definitely check out Prevenge because we will be discussing it next week. You should also check out all of our episodes. They're right here on YouTube. They're also on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, uh, Google. Any, anywhere you can get your podcast. And we're also on every single, almost said us, every single one, almost every single social media platform known to man, except for TikTok, because I'm still trying to figure that out. And MySpace. And MySpace, because <laughs> MySpace doesn't need to exist. I may make a space hey page in honor of the old MySpace, but you know, you never know. Let's see what happens. But We'll yeah, bring it back, baby. We'll bring it back. And we will have all of our links to our social social medias on there, uh, including our little cute little link tree. And just like before, just keep on listening. Please comment, like, subscribe, ring that bell so you can get all of the notifications right when you get there. I know there's like three, you get like three notifications a day, but we only really upload like once, uh, you know. We, once, we, at least at least once for, a week. For our episodes, we do it once mm-hmm. a week. Every now and then, we watch new stuff, and we do like a parking lot review. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be watching The Batman coming soon, but Jay's already seen it <laughs> without me, so I may not, depending on how it is, I may not give my Hon- thoughts. Honestly, like, if it's you're, good. If we, once you do it, we can do a spoiler review. Okay. Once you, once you watch it, we'll, we'll give her a spoiler review of it. Nice. I'm looking forward to it. I'm watching that tomorrow. So Ooh, it's going to be great. Yeah. Until next time, I've been Heath. And I've been Jay. And this has been Host, Host of Horrors. Bye. Annyeong.